welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to finish out John chapter 19. We'll be in verses 38 through 42. And before we jump into this text, I want to thank the Family Leader for being our Daily Dose Devotion sponsor. You can learn more about the Family Leader in the announcements at the end of this devotion. And as always, thank you to the Family Leader for their support. So Jesus has been crucified, and now Jesus will be buried. Chapter 19, verse 38. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took away his body. Nicodemus, also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. So you remember that this is during the Passover. That's the annual celebration of the Exodus, God's rescue of the Israelite people from Egyptian slavery. And this is the day before the Sabbath when people prepared for the Sabbath. And this isn't just any Sabbath, but this is the Passover Sabbath. Of course, the Jewish Sabbath comes with all these rules of what you can and can't do. And what you can't do is handle a dead corpse on the Sabbath. You can't carry 75 pounds of spices to prepare a body and bury it. And so they're in a hurry to get Jesus off the cross and take his body and put it in this tomb, which has been freshly cut. No one has ever been laid in this tomb before. We know from other gospels that the tomb is owned by Joseph of Arimathea. And for Joseph of Arimathea to own a tomb that's been cut out of stone means that he's got to have some money. He's a rich guy. And actually, Jesus being laid in this tomb is the fulfillment of another prophecy. We talked about this in the previous devotion, that John is connecting the dots from these events that are happening back to Old Testament prophecies written hundreds or a thousand or more years before to help his readers understand that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one who was prophesied to come in the Old Testament from long ago. The particular prophecy that is fulfilled in Jesus' burial in a rich man's tomb is from Isaiah chapter 53 verse 9, which says that they made his grave with a rich man in his death. And of course, that's all interesting. But to me, the most interesting thing is who is involved with burying him. Joseph of Arimathea is a disciple of Jesus, but he's secretly a disciple for fear of the Jews. Something else we learn about him from the other accounts is that he was on the Jewish ruling council. He was on the Sanhedrin. And we learn that he didn't agree with the conclusion that the Sanhedrin came to, which was to have Jesus crucified, which would be in line with this claim here in John that he was a disciple of Jesus. It also mentions that Nicodemus is with him. Nicodemus is the one, if you go back to John chapter 3, who came to Jesus secretly by night. He didn't want to be seen by his Jewish counterparts either. Nicodemus was also a member of the Jewish ruling council. Nicodemus is never referred to specifically as a disciple of Jesus, but we get the sense that he's curious enough, he's open enough to the claims of Jesus, to the teaching of Jesus. And so Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea have this in common. They think more highly of Jesus than their colleagues on the Sanhedrin. Here, Joseph, with Nicodemus by his side, 
seem to be doing something that might make more of a public spectacle. You could hardly take the body of Jesus and bury it in your own tomb without people starting to find out that you've done this. Now, maybe the thinking would be that because Jesus is dead and it's all over, that this isn't such a terrible thing for these guys to do. Maybe they're not going to get in big trouble with the Sanhedrin. Maybe they're not going to be thought too much less of for doing this. This is also the last time we're going to see anything or hear anything about Pontius Pilate. Joseph of Arimathea was obviously high status enough to have access to the Roman governor, Pilate, and Pilate is willing to grant Joseph what he's asking for. I've speculated through the course of these devotions about Pilate's spiritual condition, and I wonder how it turns out for him. I wonder if, upon the resurrection of Jesus, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus finally become full-blown believers in Christ, who are truly born again. And then I wonder if Pilate, who's been seeing all this stuff take place, has any more conversations with either of those two where they're able to explain to him the gospel, and I wonder if he becomes a believer. There's nothing in Scripture that would lead us to believe that happened, but I wonder. At any rate, unbeknownst to any of these guys, the story is about to change in a radical, drastic most unexpected way. Because in just a couple days, on the third day, Jesus is going to rise again. And at that time, I got to believe that these guys will be forced to be a little bit more public than what they've wanted to be up until now. And that's where I want to bring this text home for us. I think there are people today who would call themselves Christians, but they want to do that under the radar. They want to do it somewhat secretly because they're afraid of how others will perceive them. I don't want to be viewed by my neighbors or or my co-workers, or my family members and friends as a Jesus freak. I don't want to be viewed as a religious zealot. I just want to go about my normal, everyday life in a way that doesn't really stand out a whole lot, but I still want to have a little bit of allegiance to Jesus. And friend, here's what I have to say about that. Post-resurrection, it's not an option. We might be able to understand why Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus were that way before the story was finalized. But now that the resurrection has taken place, and particularly 2,000 years later when more and more evidence stacks up to back up the biblical account, there's no being a true follower of Christ in secret. This is something that has to be public. Everybody else is coming out publicly in favor of whatever cause they're about. Everybody else has pride in the things that they're about. It's time for us to come out and be prideful about Jesus. Like the old Sunday school song says, hide it under a bushel? No. It's time for us to let our light shine. I'd go so far as to say that if there's anyone out there who says they're a Christian, but they want to do it secretly because they're afraid of what others are going to think, man, it's not my place to judge, but I don't know if you're really a Christian. I don't know if you're a true disciple, not the way the Bible describes what a true disciple is. At the same time, none of us is a perfect disciple. None of us has it all together, and that's precisely why Jesus had to come and die and rise again, so that in the areas where we're not perfect, we could receive his perfection by faith, and in the areas is where we've sinned, we could receive the payment he paid for our sin, and that's the gospel. Come back for more next time. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. 
At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.